Happy Father's Day. Um, one more time, can we thank Steve Roberts and um, his sons? Yeah, yeah, Ben and David and Aaron and just what a gift. Uh, just leading us in worship this morning and specifically, specifically on Father's Day. You know, fathers and sons, it was just uh, a beautiful, beautiful Father's Day is uh, very precious to me. Uh, because I am a father of four precious children, and uh, I love being a father. It's a, it's a joy like no other. All of you fathers know what I'm talking about, but it's also a very high calling and responsibility. And that's why, uh, you know, Father's Day has become so significant for me as well in relation to what God is doing on the earth. Uh, and even maybe better put, what God is searching for on the earth as fathers and men who carry the heart of the Father are so desperately needed in this time and in this hour we're in. And so I, I do have a word for us this morning for fathers and, and men uh, that I, I believe I am to release. But before I do that, I want to start by asking all the fathers in the house to stand up so that we can just honor you and bless you. All the fathers across the room stand up. Yes, yeah, show your love. Bless them. Look at them. Look at these fathers. Yeah, across. Just stay standing. Stay standing just for a moment, if you would, fathers, so we can see you. And love on you and bless you. Um, and then as you, as you, man, if you'll just stay standing for a minute at church, would you just start extending your hands towards them and just start praying. Just blessing them, praying over them as the family of God. Yeah, just, just man, love on them, bless them. We want you to be encouraged this morning, fathers. Uh, you're doing good. You're a good dad. Sometimes you just need to hear that. You're a good dad. You're, you're doing good. Keep going. Keep showing up. Keep encouraging. Keep teaching the Word of God to your children. Keep blessing and covering. You're making a larger impact than you can see, a larger impact than you can comprehend. I pray in the name of Jesus that the fresh anointing fall on every father standing here and in the sound of my voice this morning. I pray for a fresh fire and a fresh courage right now. Clear direction in the name of Jesus. Renewed strength and a renewed mind this morning in the name of Jesus. I pray for a new and overflowing revelation this morning of who God is as a father and who he is as your father. Hallelujah. We thank you. We honor you, men. We honor you fathers right now in this house house and we agree with heaven over you as you have accepted such a high calling and responsibility. We exhort you. Begin to exhort them, church. Just begin to exhort them and encourage them. We exhort you. We thank you, God, for these men. We declare you are mighty. We declare you are victorious. We declare you are full of life and energy and health and wholeness and favor and wisdom in the name of Jesus. And I just believe there's a man, I think maybe it's more than one. You need to hear this scripture this morning specifically where it says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord, men, fathers, with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And I just see someone here, and again, I believe it's more than one of you, 
and listening that you've been saying something like, what do I do? You know, what's the next step that I take? What's the answer? How? Why? Where? Things like that. And I just see the scripture over you and I see a breaking. I see a shattering of all the confusion. I see a shattering of all the things that are out of focus. I see you getting a fresh breath this morning and seeing clearly receiving freedom as you receive and come back to the simplicity and the power of the invitation of trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your all your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and here's the promise and he will make straight your paths hallelujah we bless you fathers here and listening as you trust in the lord and put him above all that your path is being made straight the crooked paths the foggy paths the paths that lead to nowhere they're done and gone They're done and gone in the name of Jesus. They're in the old man. They're in the old season. You're walking into a new day as a new man up a path of promise made straight by your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I just want one more just for another moment. If you're not already receiving men, would you, fathers, would you just put your hands out and receive? Because I just believe there's spiritual gifts being released this morning to the fathers. Spiritual gifts from heaven, I just release, I impart, we as a church, we release and we impart spiritual gifts to you in the name of Jesus. Gifts of healing, gifts of exhortation, gifts of supernatural giving, gifts of prophecy, gifts of transformational hospitality, gifts of leadership and teaching and bold faith, hey, and discernment in the name of Jesus. We thank you, God. I feel like there's a supernatural gift of administration being released over some fathers in the house this morning. Everything in your life that feels like it's just everywhere, you're going to begin administrating and bringing order and establish a movement of peace and abundant life in your household. I see this gift from heaven within you unlocking and establishing a kingdom environment in your workplace and in your businesses in the name of Jesus. I prophesy that everyone around you by being around you will stop surviving and start thriving in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The Father is so proud of you. He's so proud of you. We're so proud of you as your church family. We believe in you for such a time as this. We love you in church. I just want you to one more time just show your love and just give it up for these fathers. Champion them. Yeah. Just give them a big hug. If you're around them, give them a hug, man. Tell them you love them. Yeah. Tell them you love them. Encourage them. Yeah. Make sure you find a father and, and just tell them something encouraging this morning. On your way out, uh, is there any place you'd rather be in the house of God with the family of God on Father's Day? And as I said, I want to talk to you this morning for a few moments about men and fathers. In the art of war, when you are trying to overtake a people and enforce uh, ideological strongholds that destroy its destiny... You must first demoralize it. Then after you demoralize it, you must destabilize it. And then after you destabilize it, uh, you throw it into a crisis. These things sound familiar of anything you've been seeing over the past few years in our nation. You, You want to throw it into a crisis and on the earth. And then finally, in the art of war, you normalize it. You normalize it. And I believe what we are seeing right now is an attempt to normalize the demonic strongholds, to normalize abominations to God, to normalize fear, 
to normalize the confusion of gender roles and the redefining of male and female. To normalize what's uh, calling what's evil good and what's good evil. And before I I go any further on this, it's important that we understand that you cannot change the truth. The truth will always stand, church. It says in Genesis 1.27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. No matter how hard the world may try to pervert it, the truth of our Lord is everlasting. It's everlasting. Psalm 119, 160 says the entirety of your word is truth and every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. You can't take back the rainbow for God from the pride movement when the rainbow has never been anyone else's but God's. It's his. It's his creation. So it will never be a symbol of deceptive acceptance and abominations to God. It will always be his symbol of promise. The devil cannot create. He can only pervert and imitate. John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth and the life. No man cometh unto me to the Father but by me. So Jesus says, I am the truth. And in Revelation 5, 5, it says, The lion of the tribe of Judah has conquered. With fire in his eyes and a sword in his hand, he will rule and reign as king and lord of all. So the truth will always stand. Truth is and will be victorious, church. But the question is, while the enemy is trying to normalize the darkness that opposes everlasting truth in order to uh, bring destruction and bondage, who will stand on the truth for such a time as this with bold conviction and a heart of righteous compassion declaring that it's the truth that will set people free? I believe that the heart of God... It's burning. Uh, it's burning to see men and to see fathers walk in the fear of the Lord and to be who he's called them to be. Uh, to live a life worthy of their calling. Uh, to lead and to stand on the truth. Uh, to take the responsibility in our homes and in our businesses and in our relationships and our places of influence and in our churches and say, not on my watch. Ephesians 6.14 says to stand, therefore, and fasten the belt of truth around your waist. 1 Corinthians 6.13, it says, be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men and be strong. I'm going to read that again. Be watchful, it says in 1 Corinthians 16.13. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men and be strong. How many of us know that the devil has a special hatred towards women? Okay, a woman actually brings life into the world. So a woman represents the very thing that Satan wants to destroy. And we see in the scriptures where the offspring of the woman crushes the head of the serpent. Every prophet came from the womb of a woman. Every mighty man or woman of God came from the womb of a woman. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ came from the womb of a woman. A whole nation comes from the womb of a woman. 
So if you want to attack and destroy a nation, you must attack the woman. But you see, uh, God put something. He put someone in place with his divine nature to protect the woman and the offspring of promise that she carries. He put a strength. He put a protector. He put a covering between the enemy and the women and children of a nation. He established someone that says, you have to go through me first if you want to get to them. And that someone is a man. If you can remove the man from society, then you remove the protectors. Can women be mighty warriors of God? Absolutely. Absolutely, they can be mighty warriors of God. But a man, by God-given nature, is watching and standing guard and making sure that environments are safe and sound and secure. So the enemy and the wicked must attack masculinity. They must attack the God-given design of a man so that they can remove the real man. So that they can uh, remove the father's strength out of the home. Make him passive and shameful because they know they can't steal, kill, and destroy when real men and fathers are in their place protecting and covering the woman. Who then partners with the man in how she's designed to protect the child and they together raise up the child in the Lord. In our, in our history, uh, women were oppressed for many years. Uh, they were not seen as equal. They were, not, they were not allowed to vote. They were treated like property. And anytime someone that is oppressed, uh, so to speak, rises to power, then there is a tendency to then oppress those who oppress them. Uh, even though, you know, culture doesn't always even realize this, it actually comes from a place of a deep wounding. Uh, when you've been wounded by something in someone, such as the masculinity and the leadership of a man that was used to abuse and control rather than to protect and empower, then one will uh, self-protect from it not happening again by often tearing down, uh, by not trusting and attacking that very thing. Uh, so when a culture does not know the love and mercy and forgiveness of Jesus, when a culture does not know the salvation of the Lord, then that cultural wounding is going to respond in fear or in anger or in a seeking of revenge. Or sometimes it will even respond with an independent spirit that says, I don't need you. I'm going to do it on my own. And the enemy uses this uh, to cause chaos and to try to create a breaking down of God's uh, design and his order and his heart. Uh, for family. And so the lifting up of the woman does not have to tear down the man. Amen. A strong and secure woman actually appreciates a strong man. Yeah. And a strong man is not intimidated by a strong woman. Yeah. Okay, a strong man actually cultivates an atmosphere where daughters and where women can be strong and thrive. Yeah. Men, the longer a woman is with you, the better she should become. Paul said that the head of every man is Christ and the head of woman is man. So when the word of God uh, talks about the man, uh, the father being the head and the head of the household, it's not talking about the father or the man being above anyone. It's talking about the father, the man being a covering, being on the front line saying, if you want to get to her, you've got to get through me. 
When you study the word uh, Abba, one of the attributes of the word Abba, which means father, as you know, one of these attributes is a supporter. And the picture it gives us when you break, break it down um, as a father, as a supporter from Abba, is it teaches us that a father brings foundational support. Okay, men, we must see things through the eyes of the kingdom and through the way of Jesus. When you build something in the right order, you must lay first the foundation. You must lay the foundation. A man is God's chosen foundation for the family. And so as the head of my house, I am not on the top, but I am the foundational support. So I'm on the bottom holding up the weight of my family. And the devil's strategy is to move the man. To move the man and make the woman carry the weight, and she's not built to carry that weight. She can if she has to. And ultimately, the Lord is her strength and her covering. But you can ask any woman that has or is in that position, and she would never choose to in her heart of hearts. And as a man and father, I must take responsibility because I'm the one who is going to answer to the Lord for the decisions I make in regards to my family. Being the head is not about ruling over anyone or being above anyone. It's about operating in the God-ordained function and the heavenly design for the family. And it requires a daily surrender that must take place in order to answer this high calling. It should not make uh, you feel in control. Rather, it should make you feel humbled and keep you on your face before God. We also find that one of the meanings... And attributes of the word Abba is the word source. Okay? The Father is our source. Uh, Men, uh, first of all, uh, we must first understand that we have been given one of the names of God by being called Father. Fatherhood is such a high calling that it actually directly represents one of the names of the Almighty living God. He put His name on you. And then second... In addition to having the high calling of operating with the heart of the Father because we have his name, we must also realize that we are a source. We are a source. While a a woman uh, carries and bursts new life into the earth, okay, the man carries the source of seed for that life. In Exodus 34, 6 and 7, it tells us that the sins of the father are passed down even to the third and fourth generations. So if you are dealing with an iniquity, check your father's father, father, father's father's father, because the sins are transferred to the fourth generation even. And so while you are not held responsible for the sins of your father, uh, scripture is clear about that. They can be transferred to the next generation. So. What does that tell us? It tells us that what you do in private is not private. It is generational. I'm going to say that again. What you do in private is not private. It is generational. You are carrying men the source of generations in your loins. And as a father, you can be a source of a blessing or of a curse for the next four generations in your family. And the devil, he wants you to do something stupid enough to mess up your kids so that the generational curse will pass from one generation to the next. He wants you to withhold. He wants you to be passive and submissive. uh, I mean, passive and abusive. He doesn't want you to lead your family. 
Uh, The demons tremble when you say on a Sunday morning, I'm tired and we've had a heck of a week, but we're going to church because we need to be filled with a fresh word of the Lord. We need to be challenged. We need to be part of the faithful and advancing ecclesia of God. There is a 0.029% chance that your child will become a professional athlete. But there is a 100% chance that your child will stand before Jesus. Get them to a Bible-believing, no messing around, Holy Spirit-filled church where they can consistently be part of the family of God. Where they can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and where they can encounter the living God. Now, the... The transfer of generational sin is an old covenant truth. Uh, We are in the new covenant uh, through Jesus. And we are cleansed and raised up in new life as the new man by his blood. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, But just because we are in the new covenant does not mean that an old covenant truth is no longer active. Okay, the work of the cross is finished, but you still have to apply the finished work of the cross. Just as if you have just as you have to make a decision to receive the salvation of Jesus Christ, you have to make a decision to walk in the promises of the new covenant that is available. All right, you 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 have to make a decision to resist the devil so that he will flee from you. You have to take responsibility as the head of your household and apply the blood of Jesus over your family line and say that, that this generational sin of my father or of my father's father or of my father's father, father, it ends with me. I am one spirit with Christ and I declare a new lineage in Christ over my family. And I declare that there will, be, there will not be a transfer of generational sin to my children, but I will live a life worthy of the calling I've received and there will be a release of generational blessing that is unstoppable through Jesus to my children's children's children. Hallelujah. Amen. If a nation comes from the womb of a woman, its destiny comes from the heart of a father. If a nation comes from the womb of a woman, its destiny comes from the heart of a father. One of the biggest problems in the world is most men have never had a father lay hands on them and tell them who they are. A father doesn't speak to your predicament. He speaks to your destiny. I handle my son a lot differently than my wife does. For example, he falls down, he scrapes his leg, and and my wife is, oh, come here, baby. It's going to be okay. What do I say? Hey, get up. You're going to be all right. Come on, son. Come on, shake it off. You're a warrior. You're mighty. You're a wild man. You're a champion. And then you wait for it. You know, he starts wiping those tears. He starts smiling. And I am the next challenge at the same time. My dad thinks I'm a wild man. It must be true. My daddy thinks I'm a warrior. And a champion. And that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So it must be true. Mama is not always going to be right there in every moment to nurture as he gets older. I'm looking at Nedra. She's like, oh, yes, I will be. She's like, oh, I'll be there. 
You see, mom, mom nurtures the need in the moment. It's important. If you've ever, ever experienced it, it's just beautiful. It's like nothing else you've seen. It's, it's so vital and it's healing and it's powerful. You know, but uh, fathers say, hey, I know you need nurturing right now. You need some time and I'm going to give you that. But don't get too comfortable. We're not going to stay here because you've got a powerful, kingdom-shaking destiny on your life, and I'm going to help you get there. Fathers and men who carry the heart of the Father, you don't have to have a prophetic gift to be a prophet to your children or to the people around you. My dad every morning told me, every single morning, never missed a morning before I went into school. He says, son, set the pace. Every morning, he said, he would say, set the pace, win the race, and go with grace. What he was saying was, uh, son, don't be like everyone else. Don't conform to the world. Be a leader. And I heard it every morning. Fathers are prophets. Son, daughter, I see in you that you're going to change the world. You're a pace setter. You're a leader. You're a champion. You will overcome. You are going to create and build and release things on the earth that no one else can because there's no one else like you. Prophesy into their lives and command a blessing. Command the blessing of the Lord over their life. Genesis chapter 35, verse 18. It says that with her last breath, Rachel named her baby Benoni. Uh, which means son of my sorrow. Uh, Because naturally that's what this child represented to her because it was with her last breath. But Jacob, uh, he came came in the tent and he saw the child. And I I can picture it. He's coming in to this such sorrowful moment. And he comes to them to the tent. And they give Jacob his son. This is what it says. Uh, He says, no, he shall not be called Benoni, son of my sorrows, but I call him Benjamin, which means son of my strength, son of my right hand and power. And then out of that little boy, out of Benjamin came the kings of Israel. Not just a king, but out of him came kings. Why? Because his father prophesied over his life and told him who he was. I want everyone to stand up. And Steve, you can come back up as well. And I see a mighty move of men coming out of the house of the Lord that are anointed with hands of fire and words of prophetic destiny over their children and over their churches, over the hurting and over the broken and over the forgotten over their their places of business and customers, over their neighborhoods, over their cities and over their nations. And I see the men of God in this hour leading us from a place of sorrow to a place of strength and royal destiny by holding the child and say, this is who you are. This is who you are. And I declare on this Father's Day that men, men, are moving from being weeping willows to being oaks of righteousness. The men in the house of the Lord are are moving from being passive onlookers to being sons of glory that are baptized in a spirit of boldness. 
the spirit of the line of Judah and the anointing of the Holy Ghost is coming upon the men of God in a new and mighty way. Hallelujah. I believe there will be a shifting, a shifting and a move from uh, being men that ask God to do it to being men who believe that you've already received it. The Lord is saying, I'm going to use you, man. I'm going to use you, father and son, no matter where you've come from, no matter what you've been through, no matter what family you were born into, I am your God, and I am calling you by name and in my name. You are mine, so wake up, sleeping one, for I am raising up an army of men in this hour who are not moved by Jezebel, who are not moved by the taunting of the wicked, who are not moved by the praise of man, who are not moved by the world's entertainment, who are not intimidated by the enemy and his lies and schemes, but who stand up and take their place on the earth, who stand up and take their place as head of their household and declare that Jesus is Lord and say, I will not be removed from my post. For no weapon formed against me and my household shall prosper. And my household will dwell in the presence of the Lord where there is freedom and life to the fullest. Hallelujah. When the ark landed in a new day of promise, the first thing Noah did before he built his house was he built an altar. Noah built an altar. And I just see a new, a new wave of mighty men birthed out of the glory and the fire of heaven leading a new day of promise. To understand before I need the presence of a woman, before I need the presence of anyone else or anything, I need the presence of God. And if I'm going to be a real man and accept the high calling as a leader and protector, as a righteous source and strong foundation, as a prophet of destiny, as the head of my household, then I must establish the correct order and make Jesus the head and Lord and King of my life and my family. Hallelujah. Amen. I want all the men to come forward, not just the fathers, all the men. I'm going to ask you to come forward. Come forward to the front, all across the room and the aisles. Just come forward. Come on, just come on. All the men. You don't have to be a natural father to carry the heart of the father. So I want all men to come on up. Because I see men that know how to build altars to the living God. And lift holy hands up and say, God, I give everything to you. God, I give everything to you. I give you everything and I declare that you are my source. That you are my support, that you are my strength, that you are my wisdom. I exalt you above all else. I exalt you as Lord over my life. I exalt you as Lord over my family. I exalt you as Lord over my business. I exalt you as Lord over my dreams. I exalt you as Lord over this land, over this state and nation. Above all, you are the head and I exalt you, Lord. And there is not a woman in here that would not say to the men of the church across this nation, you lead us in the strength and spirit of the Lord and we will follow you. There is not a woman in here across this nation in our churches 
that would not say we need you in our homes, in our churches, in our nation like never before. You bust through the doors of glory, man, and we'll be right here with you. We'll be right here with you. And so I want the fathers and the men to be up here to lead us this morning in exalting the Lord. And so, men, I just want you to start exalting the Lord as a prophetic declaration. A prophetic declaration in these times we're in as a society, as a nation, as a global church, saying that the real men are taking their place. The real men are taking their place. Just begin to praise them. Begin to praise them, men. Begin to praise them and exalt the Lord. Begin to give a shout to the Lord and praise Him. Begin to exalt the Lord. It's time to lead. It's time to lead. It's time to lead. Exalt the Lord. Exalt the Lord. Steve is going to play and sing, and we're just going to exalt the Lord. We're going to exalt the Lord. Come on, men. I exalt.